Hello and welcome to another episode of Lead Pod. This week, I'm starting a new series called International Interviews. My name is Lena Bondeson, and I'm an 11th grade student currently studying abroad on the Kennedy Luger Yes Abroad Scholarship in North Macedonia. Here, I attended an international school, and I thought that the first episode of this podcast series should be with a classmate from my school. On this series, we will be talking about the differences between things here in Macedonia and things in America. Our first episode today will be on communication methods in Macedonia versus communication methods in America. So let's get started. You can go ahead and introduce yourself, Anastasia. Okay, so I'm Anastasia Zorba-Harun, and I'm 16, and I'm in 11th grade, and I'm from Malaysia originally, but I live here now. I've been living here for six years. Uh, and because the both of us have lived in America for periods of time, not super long time, so we've had the experience of living in America, we can really tell the difference between the way people communicate. Here, it's completely straightforward. And I don't want to create this stereotype of Balkan people, but I feel like it's a stereotype for a reason. <laughs> and so I feel like we're very hard-headed and we're very... Uh, passionate about the things we do. That's why, you know, people, are, a lot, there's lots of patriots here, not so much in the newer generation, but there still definitely is, you know, the effects of our parents and everything like that. And so I feel like, in general, we're very passionate and we like to say what we want to say. And you can see that in our politics, you can see that in our workplaces, in our schools, like you can see that everywhere. And even on the streets when you're like riding, driving your car, there's going to be someone who's going to come out your car and, and like yell at you. But like I said, I don't want to create... A, too much of a negative stereotype so it's not just anger but it's literally in everything lots of um Macedonian parents do care deeply for their kids but they have very specific ways of showing it mm. like honestly whenever I talk to Macedonian parents about their kids most of the time they're like yeah I love my kids so much and that's why most parents like to push their kids to do the things that they think will be good out of passion and out of love. Like, it's like every single emotion is being felt strongly here. The thing is, I understand completely why our parents and the generations before us are like this. It's because they grew up in a time where they were living under, under political, like, suppression. Yeah. Um, it, it was a very specific, uh, you know, Yugoslavia and everything, and all of the communist revolution and things like that. So that's, they lived in an era where a lot of what they wanted to do, they couldn't do. And so their parents also had to deal with war and everything like that. And so they just want to create a safer space for us to grow. Because now we're the generation that's probably going to be moving out the most. We're probably going to be the ones that are going to go to America or to other places. doesn't really matter where. Just outside of Macedonia and be given the opportunities that they didn't have when they were 16. And they just want us to seize these opportunities properly because they didn't have them. So living in Yugoslavia made a really big impact on like the differences between generations when it comes to communication, right? You can really feel it. And we can't ignore the fact that the where people live impacts who they are and how they react to things. You can still feel the weight of the cultural differences when you're interacting with Slavic people or Macedonians or Balkan people, or just general Eastern Europeans, because we pretty much all have similar culture. Not exactly the same, obviously, but you know. Um, I want to be like, I guess, like politically correct about it and be like, oh no, everyone is different. Everyone, you can't just base people off of, you know, where they're from. We can't ignore the fact that the where people live impacts who they are and how they react to things. You sometimes feel like that reaction that you get is negative or is not warranted sometimes, like when you're talking to somebody who's not from the Balkans. Yeah, I feel like I have to step back a lot when I talk to Americans or people who grew up in America. Like I have to rephrase the things I'm saying because I know that they wouldn't understand what I'm trying to say 
as like compared to when I'm talking to someone who's from Macedonia. And obviously, for Americans, it's easier to talk to Americans, and for Macedonians, it's easier to talk with Macedonians. But like I said before, it's just proof that you know where you live affects how you see things and how you communicate with people. Right, like in Macedonia, it's not only like we were talking about the constant stereotyping that you're running away from from the Balkans, but it's also the historical context that you need to understand. I know, I remember one thing you told me when we first started talking, me and Lina, um, is when you said, oh, I'm actually surprised that there's lots of left-leaning people here, because you thought there was going to be more people who are, you know, more, like, more patriotism, I guess, more things like that. I'm not sure exactly what you were assuming, but yeah, I can feel the shift in the generations, mm-hmm. um, obviously because, again, our parents grew up in a time where certain political parties were in power and not everyone you know, got good experiences out of that, obviously. The majority of people didn't. Lots of people didn't have the education that we have now. Exactly, and I think that parents in Macedonia nowadays just want something better for their children because they didn't have access to it. Maybe they just have an unconventional way of showing it sometimes. Yeah, it's because I feel like Macedonia in general has had to fight for the things they want because people don't listen to us a lot of the time. Um, Especially in our relations with America and the presidents of America and what they think about Macedonia specifically. It's never good, honestly, of what they have to say about us. And so that's why I feel like um, younger generations are like that because we saw our parents having to fight for what they want. And now we're fighting for what we want. And obviously that does create conflict between parents and kids. But I feel like it's an interesting phenomenon to look at because I feel like Macedonian children and kids and teenagers are more passionate about the things they do. Especially because we're not given everything we have that you guys might have in America. Right. And so we really have to try in order to make a place for ourselves in the world. Um, I would just like to mention something I just remembered. Because when I was younger, like way younger, when I was probably still in elementary school, and when I first, first started consuming Western media along with everyone else my age, we all wanted to go to America. Yes. We That's all true. wanted to live in America. We all wanted to be in, like, you know, what they show in, like, those glamour movies with America. And we're like, oh, my God, I want to go to New York. I want to go to Los Angeles, whatever. And then as we start to get older and as we start to, you know, actually um, create our own opinions and have critical thinking about the things we are reading, the general consensus between teenagers here is that we don't like going to America, or at least don't like Americans, or don't like American culture or politics. It's either one of those. And it's just something I've noticed, and it's really interesting to me. Oh, so now people don't really want to go to America. It was just kind of like, you know, a dream when they were young, before they were educated or something, right? And then they all were like, yeah, I'm probably just going to go somewhere else in Europe or Asia. Every single person I asked where they want to go to university, only like a few of them say, oh, I want to go to the U.S., all the rest of them are like, oh, I'll probably go to, you know, nor- Northern Europe or go to Asia or somewhere like that. That's so interesting. Oh, my God. Economically, it just seems a little better <laughs> yeah. for us. Yeah. So is it because of the economy or, like, do you have some examples from people who don't want to study in the U.S.? Like, why don't they want to go there? Like, to me, it makes sense, to be honest, after living here, like, um, that it's more similar or something like that, like, culturally, maybe, um, maybe scenically, and it's less stressful, but, like... Anything in specific? Of our money here compared to how it is in America, it is completely different. And so, people that might be rich here might not be rich in America. Depends on the which family, which which rich family we're talking about. Because some rich families come from America and then move back here. But people that are made rich here is definitely different value in their money and their business compared to America. 
that's really interesting also because like school in Europe is tends to be like less expensive and there's a lot more scholarships for students who like live in Europe but aren't part of an EU country and then in America for international students there's not very many scholarship opportunities as I've heard um but like in the school that we go to in Nova like no specific uh, advertising and no help to try and get into schools in Europe rather than America like yeah it's just not advertised at all to go in Europe it's really not I mean I can see that we're changing the way we view things because you know now we've developed the IB program and less it used to just be you could just take AP classes and then you would get a regular high school diploma with AP classes but now they're offering IB and everything like that so there is progress however they still advertise only American universities. Yeah, it's like they don't even want you to know about the option of going in Europe for college. Like, I just, I don't know, sometimes it confuses me a little bit. Yeah, like, I don't, what if I don't want to go to an American college? I don't want to go to an American college. That's the thing. And most people don't want to go to an American college here. And again, this leads back to our resources, again, because the money that's here is undervalued in, in America. And also, I've met a lot of Macedonians when I was in America. But at the same time, I feel like it is generally safer for Macedonians or, you know, people who live in Eastern Europe to go to another place in Europe, to go to Asia, because it is economically different and the politics are different and everything is is just more fresh and would be, like, more accessible to us. And if we're talking specifically in Macedonia, a lot of the programs that Americans have in their school, we have none of it. And jobs as well for teenagers. The thing is, you can get a job here, but you need to know someone who knows someone who knows someone that can get you hired for the job. And most of the time, you don't get paid. It's kind of more like an unpaid internship. Which is crazy for me to hear because I've just been able to like work since I was 15 and just walk in and, you know, fill out some papers and be able to work. And so I can save for my college and save for my future, but you're expected to go in America where it's like super expensive and with what money? Like logic just doesn't add up. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, we're um, definitely the better side of the story, I would say, because we go to a private school here um, and it is quite expensive <laughs> in Macedonian terms. Like it is very, yeah, definitely in American terms as well, probably. Yeah, because it is considered the most high-ranking school here. Right, it's number one in Macedonia, which means it also has connections. So it's like trying to set you up for success. Meanwhile, the state schools are not doing that. And but it's not like it, it's unaccessible to public school students because we do have a scholarship program. I'm part of the scholarship program, but I've been in Nova since middle school. It's just that, um, you know, having a scholarship would just be easier rather than to having to pay every single few months is just definitely helping my financial situation. But... Um, Lots of public school students do come to this uh, scholarship program to try and win scholarships. And last year, majority of the scholarship like winners were public school students. And that's, again, I feel like another example of how motivated you know Macedonian teenagers are with what they do because they know that we have to fight for a place in the world, that we, we know that we have these limits. And for them to come here and to seize this opportunity of getting a scholarship, going to a private school, and getting a NOVA diploma is incredible. It really is because in high school to already be aware of your future and working towards that and to like care so much to get a scholarship, to work so hard for the scholarship just to better your education and better your opportunities is amazing. And I think that just shows the differences between public and private school here. Yeah, I, I know how, like, I have a perspective of how public school is in Macedonia and it really, really is like a little bit of a mess. There are really good public schools. There are. It's not. I'm not discrediting any of them, but obviously there it is a different situation than to us because I feel like some Nova students are very not isolated. They kind of are in this little bubble 
of having money and not having to work as hard as people who don't have money and not having to put that much effort. Obviously, I do know people who have way more money than us <laughs> that do work hard, but at the same time, you know it was handed to them. And so you can tell they live in this bubble of having money. I agree. Like, sometimes people have different responsibilities outside of school um, more than others, and so they can't dedicate as much time to their studies, and usually it's rich people who benefit from that. When you were living in America, did you notice any different ways that, like, as we were talking about, like, how parents talk to their kids, like, was there anything different about that? I lived in Florida for a while, so I haven't had experiences, you know, I've had the American experience. When I used to talk to parents in America, parents are so much more different in the way that they reach academics. Obviously, again, not every parent or whatever, not every parent, like, I don't want to keep backtracking myself like that, but um, just to make it clear, because I know not mass, not only Macedonians will watch this, <laughs> I don't need to explain myself, but... Um, it's the way that they have an attitude towards, you know, their children and the way that they do in school and how it's, how they process their children's success. Because I'm not sure how it is in America, but I don't know if most American students go to American colleges. Um, yes, I think, like, that's honestly the only thing that's advertised in school is going somewhere in America. Like, I only learned about Europe on my own, so that's why I'm applying to, like, Europe and Asia. But, yeah, usually it's just in America that you go to if you were, um, you know, like, raised and going to high school in America. And also, like, not just because of the comfort factor, but it's also because of, like, the testing and stuff. Like, the tests and, like, the programs that are more common at schools is, like, AP and then the SAT um, and ACT. So those are more Americanized tests, like, but the IB program it's um, not something that's so common because a lot of people just want to go in the U.S. It's really annoying to see American students not realize how much they have. Yeah. Like, it really does annoy me. And also because the testing system is so much more different in America. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm sorry, but if I have to hear another American complain to me about their testing, it's just kind of like, okay, well, you could have had it worse, you know? <laughs> and you have so many more opportunities to do something. A lot of Macedonians have this kind of bitterness towards Americans. Kind of have this idea that, like, Americans, you know, are a specific way. Uh, and to a degree, some of it is true. Like, we just mentioned the opportunities that you guys are given and that Americans are given. It's so, like, different from our reality that it's puzzling and it's confusing sometimes to some people. And so that's why there's this kind of, you know, bitterness, like, oh, Americans, you know, they're given, yeah, yeah, you're given everything on a silver platter. Obviously, this isn't like, we're talking about the Americans that can afford to go to school and everything like that, have the privilege to do those things. No, yeah, I definitely understand what you're saying. I think this, like, impact from media and, like, the consummation of media is definitely, like, a really big thing in the way that people communicate with different nationalities like when now that I've come here how people are talking to me as an American definitely there's so much difference and obviously the economics uh, the economy has to do with it like master economy American economy is kind of like there is a difference and we can feel it <laughs> exactly it's the economy is a reflection of the the, the size of the country and the power that the country has and I never realized before that just having an American passport puts me very high in accessibility and I noticed here after talking to some of my friends like you may not even have access to applying to some specific colleges in a, like a specific country like sometimes that country won't have an embassy in Macedonia and because Macedonia doesn't have good relations with the surrounding countries 
countries and isn't a part of the EU, there's no alternative. So you just can't apply there. This reminds me of one time I tried to apply for an essay uh, workshop and a competition that was based in America, I believe, if I remember correctly, because this happened in first year. And I sent an email to the organizers being like, hey, I'm from this place and this is I would like to apply. Tell me how to apply. And I got an email back a few days later and they were like, we can't accept you because you're from Macedonia and Macedonia is not in the EU. And I was like, well, <laughs> take it my chance. And I have looked at uh, specific universities, specific research universities, and a lot of them really don't have a place for people who are not in the EU. And again, this is a very Macedonian-specific issue because we are probably not going into the EU anytime soon. <laughs> there has been debate like in the political world here about that, but right now we're not in the EU. And I feel like, again, this goes into how we are treated, and the effects of those is that our parents are passionate, our grandparents are passionate, and that's why I understand the patriotism here, because ever since, like, you know, the fall of Alexander the Great, it's kind of been downhill for us. <laughs> it's kind of, we have continuously been conquered, and we've continuously, you know, have had people be like, oh no, you are this, or no, Alexander the Great was actually uh, Greek and not Macedonian, etc., etc., and so I understand the patriotism. And I would like to like bring up the point that the modern term slave comes from the word Slav. Because, yeah, it does come from the word Slav because um, the Slavs, us, who were part of Eastern Europe, we were conquered and colonized by Muslims of Spain during like century AD. Yeah. And so that's where the word slave comes from. It comes from Slavic Slav. Because we were put under oppression for years. And it was not, I mean, we still are being trying to be conquered by other people. I can't say that it's over because it's not. And it's like, no one's ever satisfied by what you guys are doing. Like, you do something that they tell you to, and they're like, oh, wait, you forgot this one thing that you have to do actually now. Yeah, it's literally, like, we're not going to give you this unless you do this. And it's like, we're not going to give you this unless you change your name. We did change our name. That's the thing. I mean, they're just not satisfied, you know? Yeah, no one cares about my Australians. <laughs> and so it's just like, that's why you're saying that it's the difference when people, someone says, oh, I'm proudly a Macedonian, and the difference between saying I'm proudly an American. Well, exactly. The people who are saying I'm proudly American are the, you know, like the white uh, people in America who haven't ever been oppressed and who never attribute land to the Native Americans and are just like, oh, yeah, America's the best country ever. Like, that's not what what's happening here in Macedonia. Here in Macedonia, there's constant like opposition to people being patriotic and in america it's just seen in a, in a negative light because those are the same people who took the land away from who it belonged to first and who like you know enslaved people of color and who still continue to say you know things today that show absolutely no remorse for those actions and even like continue to insist that they were right to like kick native people out of the land and everything like that so it's like being a patriot in america is crazy I do want to ask, though, because Macedonia is such a small country and a lot of Americans especially don't know where it is and and stuff like that, like, how do you think that that plays a role in, like, the history and all of that? How does that play a role in present-day relations with people from other countries? Yeah, they bring up Alexander the Greek and how he's Greek. Because I remember I went to Russia for a uh, transfer thing. I went for a choir festival because I was part of this choir program. And I stayed in these people's house, in this person's house. And a host family, that's what I wanted to say, a host family, yeah. And so I was sitting in the car with them. And they asked me, oh, so where are you from? I said, oh, I'm from Macedonia. And they were like, oh, so you're from Greece. And I was like, just silence. <laughs> I'm not having this conversation right now. And so that's why, again, I completely understand the patriotism here and the pride that people have. Because, you know, in America, when I visited there, 
almost every single house had an American flag attached to it. That was kind of funny, honestly. I was like, okay. And it gives me such a different feeling than when I see a Macedonian here with a Macedonian flag. It gives me a, a like a way more different feeling. I can't. I don't think I can put that into words exactly, but it's the fact that again, people don't know who we are, yeah. and it's completely understandable to be patriotic here and to be proud of where you're from, especially if you're from again from a place that's been conquered over and over again. I feel like to say that all patri- or not, that all pride in your country is bad is a very Western view yeah. because we had no other choice but to be prideful of where we're from, or else people are just gonna step over us like yeah. they're trying to do now. However, we can't. Um, say that obviously Macedonia has its own faults but we can't ignore that considering that we don't we don't have the resources that other people have a lot of people consider us more backwards I guess and to a degree sure it is because we do have conflict within our people you know between Albanians and Macedonians there's a whole conflict that's going in between it now and and so we can definitely see like you know where all this anger and passion is coming from because we've just consistently been surrounded by it for years and people are just trying to step over us and we've already changed our name and we're still not in the EU. And personally, I don't believe that we should be part of the EU if we have to change our yes. national identity. Right, exactly. And you have thousands of years of culture. We do have a lot of culture. There's a reason Alexander the Great conquered so much. <laughs> there is a reason. <laughs> and there is a reason he was called it because he was born as a Macedonian in Macedonian land. Right. Later on, obviously, it did become Greek land. So it is a fact that he was if he was born now, he would have been born in Greek land. But he wasn't born now. But he wasn't born now. <laughs> he is a Macedonian. <laughs> and it hurts to see people say that he's not, because we have a whole statue of him in the center of the city. But you can't even call Alexander legally. When I, exactly. When I call him that, yeah, Alexander Makinowski, because we want to preserve the idea that he was a Macedonian. And it's hard to see, like people arguing that fact because we try and tell people oh you know he's from Macedonia he is like there is no way of denying that he's from Macedonia but every single time we talk to anyone who's not Macedonian they always say like look at the map it's like that's Greece right I'm like yeah but (laughs) it is just so it's so diminishing of our culture exactly you're so used to fighting over like the simplest things the things that are most important so it's just like you have this fighting spirit whenever it comes to individual communication and communication on a like a cultural and a an international scale we have to or else we're gonna someone else is gonna take our place an American is probably gonna take our place to the point that's the the whole idea behind it and you know the whole relations between Macedonia and America is kind of (laughs) iffy it's like you know past presidents have said strange things about Macedonia and places around Macedonia it's very debatable and that's again another reason why Macedonians have such a bitter idea of Americans because you guys have the things that we could have had do you think one of the main issues in this kind of a communication is like the fact that you said before like Macedonia doesn't take responsibility for things and is constantly looking to like point fingers at somebody is this like do you think that's like one of the main issues in communication yeah definitely like, as much as I can empathize with the fact that we have been oppressed and have been conquered and have been slaves, which is, again, where the word slave comes from, um, we, again, need to take responsibility. <laughs> we are very hard-headed. Like we said, we're very stubborn, and so we want to be right because of all this anger. So it's, again, very understandable, but we have to take accountability for what we do. Like, politically, we have a very um, interesting system, a very interesting uh, way that these presidents act. As much as, you know, when I do turn 18, obviously I am going to vote because it is my responsibility to vote as a citizen. But I feel like at some point you're just voting for 
the last of two evils. Well, right, yeah, in America too. Like, I understand this because in America, it's literally just Democrat or Republican. No third party has ever won, and I don't really foresee that in the near future. But I mean, like, the voting patterns and the the parties that are voted for changes with each generation. It's becoming less and less common um, to just have, like, bipartisan, I think, like, more people are starting to support the third-party candidates. You know, because most parents, I feel like, support the middle. I guess you could say more Republican in American terms. However, in American, in American, in English, so this stands for Social Democratic Alliance of Macedonia. However, the idea of social democracy here is way different than in other places. However, Voda is, again, more of the Again, more conservative. Uh, it's like a citizen, I guess you could say, is more quote unquote progressive. Again, we're just choosing the lessers to uh, bad things, but <laughs> Vomodo is definitely the more patriots support Vomodo because I feel like they're trying, again, because they're conservatives, to conserve yeah, like patriotism and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, and you know, I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure they still do this. I think I haven't looked at America in a while, so I don't know. But to say the anthem. Uh, yes, at all, like, sports games and stuff, and then also the Pledge of Allegiance, like, every day at school. Yeah, like, that's honestly something that I wouldn't expect from America, um, if I didn't, like, know about the, the way people, people's minds work there. Um, but I would expect it from Macedonia, because it has such a rich history, and they've been fighting for their lands and everything, um, and compared to Macedonia, America hasn't really done that. I don't know. Just now that we're having this conversation, just doesn't really that make that much sense. There's a whole debate on whether or not we should be doing that. <laughs> it's like it, I feel like the um again, there's this whole idea that patriotism is bad. Like obviously that's not black and white. Well, patriotism in some places, specifically you know in America, maybe even some German places, patriotism did lead to nationalism. Yeah, which yeah. led to dictatorships, which led to a whole other thing, <laughs> which led to genocide. But again, I feel like it's so hard to just say patriotism is bad, period. Yeah. Because sometimes I feel like having pride in your country is the only way that you'll be recognized in your culture. Right. Recognized. <laughs> and like, again, that's why they support Vomero, because Vomero is like counter everyone else, yeah. pro-Macedonia. And that's why they want it. And that's because nice. anything that's seen as progressive is like American or foreign. And we don't want that because this progressiveness, like the EU, have been the downfall of our name. Yes, absolutely. It's the downfall of our flag and the downfall of our name, which is why we are now North Macedonia instead of Macedonia. Because we don't we don't want to compromise this thing. Yeah. Because when the name changed, that was a whole thing. And it was like and I feel like ever since then people don't want to make compromises. Yes, Realistically, absolutely. compromises will not be made. <laughs> so that's there's the proof, like Oh, we had a compromise. Sure, we changed our name. We still are not in the EU. We're still being tread over by these people. And so, and so, as an answer to your question, I don't think that taking accountability is the number one reason why we are failing as a country. I really don't feel like that is the reason. I don't feel like that at all. I do want to know, like, on an individual scale, though, like, with communication, because obviously I don't think that the country is, like, you know, quote-unquote failing because um, of you know, not taking accountability or, like, you know, pointing fingers, but, like, do you think in one-to-one communication, like, between you and your mom or, like, you know, your mom and, and her mom or something like that, like, do you think that the issue there is not taking accountability? Yeah, definitely. On an individual level, yes. I feel like it's good that we're seeing this shift in opinion in the younger generations 
because while we are still Macedonians uh, and hard-headed Macedonians, we've become more accepting of things and more um, willing to hear out other people while at the same time still holding that pride and holding that, um, you know, private and where are you from. But yeah, I think that on an individual level, level it, you are you are seeing the change now. Like you said, when we first met, how you were surprised that so many people were left leaving here in the yeah. school. Um, so I feel like that's already happening, and that's good because you know we're going to be the ones who are going to have kids in Macedonia. Yeah. Maybe you're going to be the ones who are going to be part of political parties in Macedonia. People who are going to be making changes in Macedonia, maybe coming back to Macedonia after you make a bunch of money. <laughs> and so yeah, I feel like that's already happening, and that's good. So you're saying that like people in the next generation all have to work together in order to achieve an outcome that they want. Like they have to know what they need and then work together to achieve it instead of trying to do everything themselves or do everything their way. Like you have to listen to everybody. I can feel that like you know people have the motivation yeah. and yeah. the accessibility now because of the internet, yeah. the media exactly. that we have the accessibility to do things. And of course, new programs being added in school, the scholarship program for private schools, yeah. like it's a way more accessible than it was before when it was just like you have to do this and you have to read this, and the money that you are being given is just the money that you will have. Because we have to have an idea of what we're going to do as a country. Because a start is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely better than nothing. I really love that. That's really amazing. And thank you so much for coming on my first episode mm-hmm. of, of International Interviews. I learned honestly so much today, and I just really loved having this conversation with you. Don't forget to subscribe to Lead Pod and go back and listen to our past episodes.